I'm just yeah. picturing the weirdest American That's Pie like. reboot right now. It's like, <laughs> uh, before graduation, we are all going to hit level 12. <laughs> Nerd on. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Nerd on the podcast you didn't need but deserve, where all levels of nerd are welcome, mm-hmm. including ones that have something to do with Family Guy. Wow, we're going to leave the question. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I want to get straight to the point today just because we're going to be covering a lot of topics today. Um, mm-hmm. We have a special guest with us today. Uh, this is Dan Peck. Hello. Um, and I guess we should also probably say who the hosts are. Um, Maybe. Now, nah, this is my show now. Yeah. Oh, well. Welcome to Dan On. <laughs> Dan On. Dan uh, On for all of your Dan needs of any level. Yeah. Oh, my God. I like it. Amazing. I am Caitlin. Ali. I am Tom. And I'm Josh. And this episode is brought to you in part by our patrons over at Patreon. Patreon. You- <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, you guys allow us to just keep on going, keep on growing, and to just be the best that we can be. Um, if you are new to Patreon, Patreon is essentially a membership service that you can subscribe to Nerd On, where you get all sorts of juicy bits like bonus episodes, uh, early access to episodes, mm-hmm. Discord server, uh, early access to merch. There's a lot of good stuff yeah. that's There's going on over there. juicy bits in there. Juicy Check bits. It out. Juicy bits. Um, another piece of housekeeping, Corey is not going to be in this episode. Again, due to some family stuff, but again, he is not dead. He will not be dead. back. He's on a plane with John Candy. Mm-hmm. Oh, we are holding it down here at Nerd <laughs> on be- HQ. So he's going to be two weeks. Yes. Um, the show must go on. Yes, the show must go on. But um, as we spoke before, uh, Family Guy is reaching a twenty. Yeah, yeah, last week was last um, week. Last week yeah. was oh its twentieth. Uh, so nineteen ninety nine. Little mm-hmm. little momentous that we have someone who's part of the family. Of the guy. family guy. He's a guy. <laughs> the guy I am a family, family guy guy. Yes. Yeah. Um, but we will also be talking about RPGs. Mm-hmm. Where all levels of nerd are welcome. Those who like family guy and those who like RPGs and those who like both. We're just mixing. Mm-hmm. We're just mixing all of it. It's a big old melting pot of nerddom. So, mm-hmm. uh, Dan, if you can in- indulge us or some of the uh, uninitiated, uh who are you? What do you What do you do? How did we get you? What is, I love your shirt. It's a, it's a NASA nerd shirt. Yes, thank you. Yeah. So uh, I wish I had. I wish I could take credit for the design of this one, but I'm just simply a merchant. No, <laughs> no, I purchased it. I'm not a merchant. I purchased it and yeah. I wear it around, and people at Target tell me they like it. So that's you're a cool. promoter of it. <laughs> nice. So what do you uh, What do you do? Uh, I am a writer's assistant on Family Guy. Um, what that means is my job is I sit in the writer's room with our staff, and uh, I have two other. Uh, writer's assistants um, because we have a very large staff and often we split into smaller groups. And um, I'm essentially the helmsman. I sit at the keyboard, I sit at the mouse, and I am the court stenographer of the insane asylum. Oh, nice. Uh, so they say, write that down, and you're all like, the, all I, the, the they don't even say write that down. It's just like, aside, like, I don't get like every like side conversation, but like when the jokes are flying, it's my job to transcribe it onto the screen. Okay. Mm. Wow. Uh, awesome. And yeah, plus, you know, I get to do like super 
fun other things like proofreading the script and saying, oh, we actually did that episode 14 years ago or, oh. you know, stuff like that. Yeah. You know, real buzzkill, you know, real momentum killer. Wow. Uh, I'm just a big drag. No, it's great. <laughs> I, I love it. Um, just, you know, being in the writer's room of Family Guy is no joke, high school me's dream come true. That wasn't really proper grammar, but we're going to go with <laughs> we're it gonna, anyway. We, I know what you're saying. Yeah. High school me. Yeah. yeah. The show high debuted, school me's. Yeah. Uh, the show debuted uh, 20 Professional years Professional writer, Dan Peck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you also, but you do have credit as as a writer yes. on one of the episodes. Yes. So. I wrote an episode aired a couple of years ago called Bookie of Bookie the Year. Of the Year. Um, and uh, I've actually written another one, which is in very early stage of production right now. And that'll be... Yeah, thanks, Caitlin. That we can say. That, <laughs> yeah, we, can that say. we can say. Yeah, and that, you know, won't be on for another year and change because our animation turnaround is around 14 months from really? beginning to end. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, this is not seven days like South Park. Yeah, I was like, going to say. <laughs> it's, Unrealis it's Unrealistic expectations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's a great process. We have over... A uh, hundred people just working on our show and American Dad's offices, um, you know, right across the way. And just, you know, some of these people have been around since day one. And, you know, wow. I, I, we are a well-oiled machine. It's like, awesome. you know, there's no resting on your laurels, even at the 20-year mark. And uh, it's just a pleasure to go every day because, you know, no matter what's going on in my life, I get to say to myself, I think I'll go to Family Guy today. It's just, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's so it's cool. Just, it's just a dream. And and how long have you been on it now? Um, I've been there uh, just shy of seven years. Um, I was on the uh, spinoff, The Cleveland Show, beforehand. Uh, and there was actually one year I was working on both shows. Um, oh. Because of the long production schedule, um, I was basically finishing out the remainder episodes of The Cleveland Show while still working on Family Guy. That was a very busy year. I can only <laughs> imagine. Wow. Uh, but so I've been in the uh, McFarlane verse, for lack of a better term, because I guess we couldn't call it the McFarlane Cinematic Universe because MCU oh is already taken. Oh my um, God. <laughs> you just said MCEU. I was going to say the, the mixu. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I've been there for um, over 10 years now. Wow. Um, but you also do things outside of. Uh, nope, that's it. Okay. I just uh, I just live and. Oh, all I no. do. <laughs> Interesting. No, uh, any. Uh, any tabletop, any things that you want you get involved you in? Feels, Podcasts, feels you've got things like that. Oh, RPGs. I've got, oh, I've got so many things. <laughs> um, so my uh, my biggest ongoing project uh, is that I am a uh, cast member on uh, a live stream for Starfinder. Um, it's through Saving Throw, but this season, uh, because we just came back for season two, we are sponsored by and are now streaming on the official Paizo channel, uh, Tuesday nights on uh, twitch.tv slash official Paizo. And Paizo, of course, is the publisher of Pathfinder and Starfinder, and they've been nice. incredibly supportive, and it's just, you know, great to be back. We're on, like I said, we're on our second season. Oh, um, so cool. As nice. I said in the first episode this year, we now have more seasons than Firefly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> good <God>. job. <laughs> That's a deep cut. Good job. Uh, Shout out to Joss. Yeah. Oh. Um, but on that oh, show, my heart I, hurts. I know, mine too, mine too. <laughs> Uh, but on that show, I because uh, the game is both a sci-fi and fantasy setting uh, combined into one, which is why I really love it. Um, I play uh, an android named Twill, uh, who is a former pro gamer who got bored of basically fake adventures online. And uh, they decided to hop on the first ship out of there and just landed themselves in the middle of a 
basically a, a Les Mis like revolution and yeah. lost. Oh. So oh wow. Now, you know, yeah. they're on the run. <laughs> oh, dang. And then you're also uh, doing Doctor Who. Yes. Uh, by the time this episode airs, we'll, we'll have two episodes of the game of Rassilon available um, on all podcast um wherever podcasts can be heard yeah exactly <laughs> put put it in your ears and <laughs> let your brain digest it nice uh, i like that uh yeah so it's a it's a doctor who role playing game live play uh and that's uh the game published by cubicle 7 um and we've now aired two episodes in which i play travis a human companion of the doctor from the year 1998, who was suddenly yeah. displaced from his job as a librarian and found himself in a world greater than he ever hoped for. Uh, I and love and who like anything and everything, so yeah. I'm invested. <laughs> is this perhaps the 98 version of yourself? Uh, no, this is this is the first Travis, but we are keeping <laughs> what number of the Doctor it is vague, and we're just referring to her as our Doctor, okay, uh, to avoid okay. any. You know, yeah, future canon things, yeah. issues. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because um, there are so many of them. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, but the the game of Rassilon actually started as a live event that um, oh. our GM uh, Ben Padden um, was Shout running out. at um, Gallifrey One, which is uh, coming up very shortly. It's the biggest Doctor Who convention I think in all of North America, and uh, we did two years of doing live shows where. Everyone who was participating had to drop two character sheets, a doctor and a companion. Mm. And live in front of the audience, we rolled a four-sided die to determine right then and there who was playing the doctor. Oh, wow. uh, so the first year, I was the doctor. I ended nice. up playing the 12th doctor. Um, and yeah, this, this year we're going to be doing it again with our full Game of Rassilon cast. Um, but we're going to be sticking to our live show uh, format of okay. where we're going to have character, sorry, companion from the show and doctor from the show, and we will determine that it'll be outside of our show's canon. Canon, yeah. This nice. will be like an event. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Nice. So, cool. so how did how did we get you on the show? And you know how how did that? How happen? did we meet? Is how, what he's trying to ask. How did, how did how that did, happen? How did this I come met- to be? The three gentlemen in this room. Oh, it feels like ages ago. <laughs> wow. I know. Uh, <laughs> tell tell the story. <laughs> um, I walked into Nerdon HQ and they said sit here and they put a microphone in my face. But yeah. uh, I have known Caitlin for quite a few years. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> There's the real <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. She wants to cry right now. Of course. Uh, through a mutual friend. Uh, hi, Chris. And uh, Hello. and uh, yeah, we just, you know. What can I say? We're sometimes, besties. Sometimes you meet people and you're like, I'm going to be friends with that person. Mm-hmm. And that is what happened. Was this like two days ago? No, this was how many years <laughs> Three ago Three years now? ago now, I think. Three years. Yeah. Yeah. What was we, the venue? Draw me draw me the landscape. Give oh me the campaign. <laughs> Dan, help. <laughs> it was our friend's birthday party. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Yeah. And then uh, you had some life events going on and I was around for some of those life events. And then... Uh, I saw you at Gallifrey One last year because yes. I was working there for a corset vendor. Oh, um, nice. And yeah, we've just She wouldn't kind let of, me try on any of the corsets. I, you know... But they have some good hats sometimes. He just wanted to leave with it. So oh. that was part of the why oh. I couldn't, you know. That's stealing. Yeah. How much yeah. are these corsets? <laughs> Wear this out. Huh? How much are some of these corsets? Um, 
Oh, lordy. They're like around 200. Well, that's why I want to leave with them too. Yeah. Yeah. For, yeah. I mean, they're, they're beautiful. So, and, and they, they made have, my waistline look fantastic. Uh, <laughs> yes. Anyone who wears them looks fantastic. Uh, but yeah. So we just, he, and he's um, showed me, I got to sit on a table reading once. Yes. At, at, uh, for family guy things. Yeah. We, we, you know, we love having people come to the table reads because we get, real feedback from our audience because you know for the most part it's the crew you know gathered into the the conference room people yeah but it's always great to get fresh laugh no it's hopefully new jokes but (laughs) yeah (laughs) from 14 years ago yeah right callbacks (laughs) when you you know each other's humor well enough though you don't respond in the same way like yeah as as a fresh set of ears yeah so basically the laziest way I impress people is by inviting them to table reads. Ah. <laughs> well, I was impressed. <laughs> yes, it worked. Both with that and with your friendship because you are a nice person. Thank you, as are you. And I'm oh. sure I will grow to know and love everyone else on this podcast. Hopefully. By the end of this episode. I've been known to be the the grandpa. Sometime. The grandpa? Yeah. The grandpa. <laughs> the old man. Grandpa, grandpa Tom. One. Uh, and then I'm going to ask where, uh, you know, so you're, you're pretty active on the Twitter. You're pretty active in the nerd cultures. Where did your, we, we had an episode of talking about where our nerd tree started. Where did yours? Oh God. My origin story. Yes. Um, good old fashioned origin story. Yeah. I mean, this is the like character sheet aspect. Joseph Campbell's. You got to show us the very first one. Uh, yeah. I mean. It was a very young age. It was just, I immediately latched onto Spider-Man at just like <sighs> such Tom, a young You just age. made Tom so happy. He's <laughs> <laughs> got a Venom shirt on. Um, yeah, just, I mean, God, it, it was just like, it wasn't everything, but I feel like, every, I, I feel like between Spider-Man and the original NES is where my nerdum sprung from. Mm-hmm. Um I have a very quick story. When the NES was uh, making its debut in North America, they were having mall tours to like showcase it, to be like, oh, this is something you should buy. And I'm originally from the East Coast, and uh, one of the players on the New York Mets was going to be at the mall to show off Nintendo baseball. And so my dad, who didn't care about video games, but cared deeply about the Mets, dressed a (laughs) three-year-old head-to-toe little Dan uh, in Mets apparel. We went to the uh, event and my dad put me on his shoulders so I could see. And then they uh, they handed the microphone to Mookie Wilson, who was the oh. player. And they said, all right, we're going to get one lucky kid up here to play Nintendo baseball <gasps> uh, against Mookie Wilson. And Mookie sees me in head-to-toe of Mets course. gear. He's like, let's get that kid up here. So I, I blame Mookie Wilson for my video game addiction. Nice. Mookie Wilson and your dad. Yeah. Wow. Well, I can blame my dad for Plenty of stuff. Mookie <laughs> Wilson can only take the blame for my video game addiction. Sure, 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 but sure, sure. that that was that was my calling, I think. Nice. That was, nice. That was the true origin story. That's quite the origin story. Thank you. Yeah. Dang. So Spider-Man and Nintendo. Do you have a pr- preference of which Spider-Man? I mean, original flavor? What do you have? I mean, uh, uh, cinematically, on the, oh, on the live Cinematically, yeah. I mean. Uh, oh, no. Yes. I, I see where we're going. Yes. No, no. I have to, I have to, I have to, to ask. Like, now that it came up, I have to ask. Steeple. I mean, for live action, I mean, you got to go Tom Holland now. He's just killing it. It's just. Mm-hmm. From, the, nice. from the prior two, Garfield or, to- or Maguire? I have to go Maguire. Okay. Because. <laughs> so happy right now. Oh, good. I'm, I'm glad. We, we, have a, we have an episode, one of our original episodes. Uh, shout out to Nerd On. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was called Hashtag Not My Spider-Man. And it was we just, just hashed this, out. We just talked about the... Um, 
So now he asks this, and it's very loaded. Well, the it's, fact that you know you like Spider-Man, like, oh. <laughs> I, I, I will say, The Amazing Spider-Man Two is not only the only Marvel movie that I didn't see opening weekend. I didn't see it in the theater. Mm, wow! Wow! That's well, all I'm gonna say about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, 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 that's all I'm gonna say. Like, an association gonna, with Marvel. Town. An association with. So okay, so you had mentioned since you work with Family Guy. You you were saying that your high school you is like oh my god, mm-hmm. so your fandom of what you work on started in high school. in high school yeah twenty years ago <laughs> yeah watching um, Family Guy then so now bringing it back to an adult how did you how did you get started into the Family Guy universe what the, was the path the McFarlane that led you there universe it was, I mean it was a long path to be perfectly honest I went to college for television production because I knew I wanted to be in the television industry. Mm -hmm. Um, After I graduated, I moved to LA a month later from the East Coast. Like, it was just like, I knew I was doing this. I already spent a semester in LA because my school had a program with that. Um, Got out here and said yes to every television job that was offered to me. Um, And my very first TV job was on a reality show that got canceled after... Uh, its first episode oh, and yeah, was, good, huh? please, please tell me about it. Okay, because if it was canceled after one episode, it had to have been okay. pure gold. So it was called The Will. Um, it was I'm already hooked. Oh, it was um uh, about a group of family members who were competing for a million dollar cattle ranch that their patriarch of their family would leave to them when he dies. What? Yeah, uh, it was okay. nineteen-hour days in you know blistering heat. Um, it was also like really close to a wildfire when it was happening, which oh, is no. a perfect metaphor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but fire's um, coming. I do. <laughs> okay, this is my defining Hollywood story, and I, I I've told this before. And if I ever write my book, this will be chapter one. So yes. this is a little preview of the audiobook oh, of my wow, own. Oh, okay. wow, wow! Um, nice. So I was uh, so as. A, Reality shows film 24 hours a day. It's like just part of the nature. It's just, you know, stuff is happening at all hours. So I was working an overnight shift and we're filming at this um, uh, mansion and um, the crew was not allowed to use the bathrooms in the mansion. There was essentially a porta potty trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. so one of the people I worked for said, hey, um, the toilet in the oh, uh, no. men's room is clogged. Oh, no. um, and these were not real toilets. Yeah. Um, so he said, <gasps> there's a hole. Well, for, for more or less. So he said, <laughs> for lack of a better uh, word. Yeah. He told me, uh, go out back uh, and uh, grab the shit stick and fix the toilet. Mm. Oh, uh. and it's dark back there. So don't grab the wrong end. <gasps> so, no. Yeah. Honest <laughs> to God, here's what I did I found a pair of gloves. I found as much light as I could. I found the shit stick. I grabbed the correct end and I did my job the whole time thinking it'll never get worse than this. And it's true. It never got worse than that (laughs) moment. It was like, if I could get through this, then no matter what else is thrown at me, I think I'll be ready. So I worked on that. Ever since then. Yeah, ever since (laughs) then. Ever since then, it's been an up and up. This is the gauntlet. Yeah. And it's it's like, you know, I bounced from show to show for years, you know, shows that never made it past the pilot, shows that only ran, you know, six episodes here, 13 episodes there. And it was just a matter of just put my work ethic out there, put my name out there. And uh, I was working on a show at Fox that unfortunately got canceled, but I made a lot of friends 
while I was working there who worked mm-hmm. for the studio. So when the Cleveland show was staffing up, they mm-hmm. knew that I wanted to go into animation. So they said, hey, we're going to throw your resume and then, you know, the rest is history. Nice. Dang. That's awesome. Very cool. Thank that you. That's awesome. That's miss, really like the, the, the LA story that you want to hear of like, you really busted ass and <laughs> came out, you know, from, from somewhere else came here and then like made it work. Yeah. Yeah. It and, takes time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How, how long were you out here before, um, like Cleveland show family guy happened? Um, that was about four years. Four years. Yeah. So I was just real, like, honestly, I would just have my cell phone set to ring as loud as possible. Cause sometimes I get a call six in the morning, say, mm. Hey, can you be at this show in an hour? Cause we got your resume. I'm like, okay. So. Wow. Wow. Dedication. It really does take that. Well, it's like, <laughs> you gotta be committed to the work. So when the door actually opens up, you can actually answer the call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's, mm-hmm. it's really, it t- it's the, it's the telltale. Telltale. Um, oh, telltale. Speaking of uh, the episode that you you worked on, Bookie of the Year, uh, there's a lot of things that in, in there to notice. But also, it's like how how do you how do you go about you know like tackling you know a music number and then an A plot and a B plot, but also like there's a lot of references with culture and then you know noticing things in the background like oh look there's like superhero stuff. So I mean I know there's like animation design stuff, but it's like. How, do, how does that go all into that play? Well, I mean, TV writing is a team sport, which is kind of really why I like it. Um, I mean, I have nothing but respect for, you know, people who can sit in a room and, you know, write a feature length script. I mean, that's like, there's no more, there's no more daunting task. So when you have uh, a staff of writers, especially one as large as we have, because um, with the animation process taking as long as it does, we essentially have 35 episodes in production at various stages uh, of animation at all times so that's why we have such a large staff it's because like a group can be working on one episode while another group is working on another episode and so on and so forth so when an idea for an episode is uh originally pitched and the stories in my episode were not ones that i had pitched i was just assigned Mm -hmm. um but i did like them and i you know tried to make them my own um we spend as much time as we need figuring out what are the story beats and do they work? I mean, we've we've gotten to the point where we'll have spent three days discussing a story and we're just like, we can't crack this nut. And you have to kind of, you know, salvage what you can, but you kind of move on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we do whenever we have a new episode is we think, what is the A story? And we have big dry erase boards in the writer's room and, you know, have it act one, act two, act three. The acts are separated by commercial breaks yep. for for the layman's listening. Um, <laughs> Shout out to the layman's. Yeah. What's up, layman's? <laughs> um, but yeah, so we we really just go, like, what are all the story beats for Act 1? What are the story beats for Act 2? What Act 3? And we tweak it, we work it, or you know, to see what works, what doesn't work, until ultimately we have both the A story and the B story laid out. And then um, the writer of the episode will then take two days and write an outline, which is, you know, paragraph or two for each scene of the episode and then that's turned in and the executive producers will give story notes um in case something's just not working it's one of the best times to catch if there's any glaring plot holes or anything like that because once it's written or animated it's a lot harder to fix yeah exactly so we put a lot of work into um preparation exactly on the front end where yeah because once it's animated like Getting it reanimated is not going to be. Well, you can't just you know go erase it. And oh yeah, no, just hit wow. the animate button and it fixes itself. <laughs> yeah, 
Can't put like a filter on it. If only. Wow. Can't use Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> He's over there like, no, <laughs> no, you He's cannot. So quiet, if you were like, across from me, I would slap you. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, I really the the artists on our show are magnificent, of and course. I don't know a thing that they do because they are just on a higher level than I am. So shout out to everyone who's listening. Yeah, shout out to artists. <laughs> well, it's like all the framework that goes into it too. So it's like once something changes, like now all that's gone. Yeah. And it's like oh. you take out whole days and weeks to just fix one word or one context for like following scenes. And with, um, yeah. with your specific episodes that you have written yourself, was it like, a uh, we're going to give you a bone or was it like, it was kind of like your time. Like you got to, how does that work to go from writer's assistant to like, oh, here, we're going to give you this assignment. Like, um, Cause I mean, I've been like, cause I'm a, I'm a freelance audio engineer. And so, you know, you, okay, kid, you can be a second engineer or assistant engineer. And it's like, there comes a, I'm just curious about, like, in your world, like, how that kind of works. Sure. I mean, like, a lot of, you know, free time when I had it was dedicated to writing spec scripts so that people could read how I write. And, you yeah. know, both original stuff and also taking episodes of shows that are on the air and writing your own script of it so you can show people, oh, I can not only write in my voice, but if I were to be working on another show, I could write in the show's voice. Yeah. Um, on top of yeah. that, I work with very supportive writers and um, this isn't true at every show and it's, you know, I don't take it for granted in the least, but, um, you know, every so often I would pitch a joke, um, you know, not everything. In fact, mostly everything doesn't go in an episode, but it, you know, it kind of like, they let me play in Grown up yeah. pool sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm at the big kids' table. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was, it, it definitely felt incredibly rewarding and humbling. You know, the first time they told me I was getting one of the freelance scripts. And uh, I don't know if I slept for like six months, both out of oh. out of excitement and anxiety. Yeah. Uh, excitedy? Is that a new term that I just <laughs> yeah, It is now. Yes. Okay. It is now. I experienced that. Basically, 24-7. Excitement. Um, excitement. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's good. That's uh, good. Let's put excitement in the zeitgeist. That's hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, so it's, like, it's nothing I could ever set my watch to, but, you know, I knew it was an opportunity, and I was not going to squander that under any circumstance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, this okay. is it. This is it. Little little Dan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Past Dan is, like, do it. Oh yeah. Speaking of, uh, you know, recently you're you're on Twitter every once in a while, mm-hmm. and you mentioned uh, how the younger version of yourself and the adult version of yourself are coalescing as you're watching or waiting for Rent on TV. <laughs> what was the final verdict of this uh, showing? I haven't watched it yet. Okay. Let's put it that way. All right. Um, okay. You, what's your, so what's your excitement with it? You know, you 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 have some experience of being as a kid. Oh, I was a full on rent head. I was I was <laughs> like, I was in ninth grade when that show like first started becoming a thing, and I only lived forty five minutes from New York City, so I actually got to see it twice wow. with the original cast, except nice. I never saw wow. Idina Menzel. That's uh, both times she wasn't there. Um, oh, sad. And, and 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 I was I was full on theater kid, so all of my friends we were just like I could still probably if I needed to like from start to finish, do the entirety of the show if I needed to. Um, so nice. nice. I just haven't watched it yet. yet. Let's, but, let's call it that. So, <laughs> so you're excited for all these like now, you know, on stage performances going to like live television performances? Um, it's, it's, 
kind of a mixed feeling. Like there's kind of like nothing like sitting in the audience of a show. And there's a little bit of a disconnect. I think when you watch it on TV, even with the best production, like last year, NBC did Jesus Christ Superstar. And I've seen that show a trillion times and it was great, but I was very aware I was on my couch watching it and not in the theater. Yeah. You're not, you're having an organic. They're also producing it like pretty heavily after the fact. Right. So, and with rent, they're they're doing that again, like a forty eight hour turnaround or something. Like, well, that was it wasn't live because the actor playing Roger broke his foot. Yeah. Oh. In yeah, between so final dress rehearsal like and the live airing, and they don't have understudies for the live shows, so they oh, had to use no. some of the pre filmed. This is for dress rehearsal footage to work around wow. that. People oh, wow. were a little miffed about that. I can yeah. imagine. Yeah, Twitter nailed it best when they said that the cast came out at the start of the show with an intro explaining what was happening. And they said, unfortunately, it's you know not going to be um, live entirely. And then they ended it by saying the show's tagline, no day but today. And Twitter pointed out, well, there is another day besides today. <laughs> yeah. so, not my joke, but man, yeah. that, sometimes the internet gets it right, and they got that. They got that spot on. No kidding, jeez. There is nothing about being in the. I just saw this past uh, last week. I saw Wicked for the first time, and I, I went to theater school uh, for college, and it's the, these like live performances live on TV. That, uh, on quotes, TV, quotes. it's uh, quotes quotes. You know that there is nothing that can take away from the live theater experience. Yeah, it's just, yeah. and just as an actor myself, of like being in that live experience, like you just never know what's going to happen. It's like wondering what's going on, what like, reactions you're going to get. How yeah, much, what's the tempo and the volume? Yeah, the audiences are different. So I'm, I'm wondering like how the actors feel about that kind of thing because you don't have. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there's like an in studio audience, but. They don't have the world audience of like, what are we getting? What yeah. kind of energy are we mm-hmm. getting from mm-hmm. from that? So yeah, so it's, it's interesting. I can't even imagine like being a post production person on that. Yeah, uh, especially for rent because rent is like a little bit longer than it's yeah. got a little more going on than Jesus Christ Superstar. Eh, yeah, so in a bit. And depends I, on how you design it and whatnot. Yeah. True, but but having the weight of like having to. <laughs> mix everything correctly. Yeah. After the fact, I, yeah. I would think would be very And to have such terrible. a well-known kind of a well-known title that's that's coming to the to the the little screens. Yeah. I so mean, so you got nerdy things coming out of you everywhere. Theater yeah. stuff, games, <laughs> I comics. do like I do like being a renaissance nerd, but it is just overwhelming cuz I just need to just relax sometimes. Yeah. It's hard <laughs> to be cultured in everything. Um yeah. but does does it, knowing and having all those things you know having I would call like a rich a richer childhood or upbringing help with you know the day-to-day of writing? Oh absolutely. Like does it help you with like does it make better references for you or are you just like oh we could throw this little nugget in there or It just gives me more to pull from. It's like it it's less it, it, a lot of times you know and this you know this is not just cuz I work there and I'm defending it. A lot of times people you know, we'll accuse Family Guy of having random humor, but like I can assure no, you, no. <laughs> it is very finely honed randomness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of times, you know, a gag room will be sent out just to, you know, pitch on a joke to end a scene with just a setup for something that could happen. But all that's all of the jokes that come from that are from that setup. So it's not just like throwing darts at completely random. Yeah, exactly. Kind of purpose still. Um, but it's great because uh, so many of the writers, like they all come from different 
walks of life and different backgrounds and every person's personal experience and areas of expertise, whether nerdy or otherwise, help contribute to what is perceived as the randomness because we can pull jokes from anywhere and everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I think that was a really big revolutionary thing when it first came out was like, it was just the jokes per second. It was so fast and all the action as well as like the sounds of punching and all the craziness. Um, I actually have a lot of friends who are like, I have to watch this movie or I have to watch the show. They're like, why? And I was like, because I don't understand this reference in Family Guy. And I was like, <laughs> well, good. Go watch the thing. Because it's funny because it's like, you know, it's like it's fart jokes, it's penis jokes, but it's like some people say that's lowbrow comedy, but there's a lot of things that it's just like, oh, that's pretty highbrow. It's like <laughs> that's actually a really interesting topic that they talked about. It's like that's a that's a pretty political thing around the world right now. Yeah. So it's like, man, there's a lot of stuff that if you it, and the thing I love about it, it doesn't wait for you. It doesn't have to reiterate it. It's like you got it or you don't got it, and it just moves on to the next well, one. Well, that's an interesting thing to say too, where it's like, oh, that's a really you know politically relevant thing right now when one episode is you said 14 months in yeah. advance. So like, how? <laughs> well, we try how? to keep it. So how? We try to keep it. At, this is going to be the weirdest saying I may have ever said in my life. We try to keep it as broadly specific as possible. Yep, I got that. Hundred percent. That makes sense. <laughs> so uh, the episode that aired a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. was uh, Peter gets hired by the Trump White House to, uh, you know, basically work for, for for him and um, they fight. Yeah, and we knew at the beginning of like the breaking of that story, we're not going to be the first ones to make these jokes. So part of it was leaving room for last minute changes for things, but at the same time, look for new angles for jokes that will hopefully still be fresh by the time the episode airs. And we really lucked out uh, with a lot of it because um, when we initially wrote it, there were, there were, there were some more topical, um, jokes in it, but by the time um, Patrick Megan, who was the writer of the episode, wrote the first draft and we actually read it at the table read, like, unfortunately, because the news cycle was so rapid, like, people we referenced weren't even working wow. there anymore. So we had to do wow. a lot of, like, last That's minute. hilarious. Like, oh changing, um, <laughs> you know, putting uh, uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders in it in place of what's his oh, face, you right. know, yeah. I can't, Diane I can't, or something like that. yeah. Um, but so we left room for changes like that to be made. Um, and one of the last minute ones and our showrunners actually talked to, um, uh, one of the media outlets that may have been entertainment weekly about it, but there was a joke about Roger Stone in it that, uh, two weeks before that was a Mike Flynn joke that we mm. very last minute. And, you know, again, great on all the animators and, you know, everyone who works on the show to just, tweak the character design and we had you know someone revoice the lines but it was like wow yeah it was (laughs) you gotta do what you gotta do yeah I mean we took a chance and it I think it paid off how fast do those like last quote unquote last minute changes happen in like to to have to fix things like I know you guys are well a machine but what's the like tightest like the moment, like the drop of with. like, oh, we have to fix it. And how quick does that turn around? Um, yeah. I don't really have an answer for that just because I don't Very usually smart. do that. But uh, we tend to, um, excuse me, we lock an episode basically um, a couple, uh, more than a couple weeks. I'd say maybe like a month before the episode airs. So like the um, 
orchestra can put the score and you know the the remainder of the audio can be mixed and everything can be polished before air but um not to make it all political but like um when the audio of trump on the um uh the bus with billy bush Mm -hmm. hit the news we we dropped that into an episode that was going to air that sunday by lifting out uh, a cutaway gag that timed out just about right enough that we could fudge it and since there was no animation that needed to be done we just had to get the footage of the bus and uh the audio audio cleared we just had to have uh seth mcfarland record a couple of lines and so because there was no animation we were able to do that really quickly but man oh man that was a hectic week at the office oh, <laughs> oh man wow, that's crazy i can wow. imagine but that's i mean unfortunately we don't have the luxury of doing that all the time so when we do we make sure it's for something that's worth it yeah and <laughs> i mean i think if anyone in office they're all targets I mean, like, I, I was watching older episodes. I was like, man, how many Clinton jokes are there? Yeah. And then I was thinking about, I was like, in mid-season, I was like, yeah, how many jo- Bush jokes are there? Like, there's, like, no one, wherever, what side of the, the spectrum you no lay on, like, safe. whoever that you want, who vote for, all that, are all are all under attack. So yeah. I think it was, I, it was funny because I, um one of the, you know, we're talking about Twitter earlier. One of the tweets that I saw was, uh, Family Guy did this for the culture. And then it was like, yeah. It was like, every president has been on uh, family Guy, so it's. I was just like, it's about, it's one of these times. It's not targeted if everyone's the target. Yeah, is, that was great. <laughs> Equal opportunity, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. In the writers' room, I can imagine because everything is a target, that sometimes things might get a little heated. Is there have there been times like that? That you there, can share. That, that you're allowed to share. Yeah, there have, but it's almost always civil. Like yeah. to an extent, like, yeah, not everyone's going to see eye to eye, but we do try to keep taste, you know, in, in mind when things are like that. And so we don't have too many conflicts, like people screaming at each other over ideology. It's, you know, I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's still also, the, if the show's been running for 20 years. I think most of the, the issues are probably hashed out by now. Well, the funny thing is like, I, I think, there's a lot of things you guys get right in terms of like the flaws of whatever it may be so that you can make fun of it. So it's the flaws of all religions or the flaws of all like types of schools and stuff like that. So it's like, again, vague but specific. Exactly. It's the broad specific. So it's really, really good. Smart. Very smart. Very well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else before we get probably into the topic? Mm, Star Wars or Star Trek? Oh, um, Targeted that is for the you. forbidden question. I know. Okay? I know. That is the that is the question that would lead to full scale rioting at Comic Con. No, uh, I was like, that's the ideology conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough, I think that the divide between the two factions has settled, and I think it's because we had uh, Twilight as a common enemy at, at Comic Con for so many years. I don't think you're wrong. Oh. I watched but, every single one, but we came together because I hate that. Well, they were taking our space at Comic-Con mm. and it just, you know, it united. It, it, it was like Bill and Ted, you know, the planets aligned and harmony <laughs> yeah. came about. Um, but I would say personally, I'm way more of a Star Wars person. Okay. Just, I, you know, I, I basically, Yoda is basically my <laughs> religious belief yes. at this point. As said on Twitter. <laughs> oh, damn. Correct you. answer. <laughs> I, I, I do, I do you a little called me out. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, Tom knows just all. Kidding. Tom sees all. Original trilogy, 
prequel yeah. trilogy? Okay. Original trilogy, okay. yeah. Right. He's like, how dare you? How dare you ask Sometimes this question you gotta ask, me? But also there's room for... I, I, I worked in the movie theater uh, when episode one came out, mm. but I started oh. a week after it opened because I'm smart. Oh. Very wow. smart. <laughs> That's very smart. Like starting at a retail job like after Black Friday, it's like, oh, that's pretty smart. Yeah. 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 That's, 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 that's pretty good, Dan. <sighs> awesome. So our topic, I know that Caitlin said that she wanted to do a little... Yeah, uh, we yes. we normally have like a brief synopsis if it's something like a movie or a game to talk about like, you know, what the topic is. But and this is our kind topic... of like, um, this is kind of like an RS episode. Yeah. We've done like music RS. We've done video games RS. It's kind of a broad topic where we're talking a lot of, we're talking about lots of things in this one thing. We yeah. might, you so. might have to change it to RS because the RS went out of business. Oh. But they yeah, living is up, up for grabs. That's yeah. true. That's a great point. Yeah. Get on that train so Josh. is up for grabs. All right. Jeffrey, I'm, I'm coming for you. Yeah. Murder us. Uh, so we're going to talk about RPGs and this is specifically to um, tabletop since that's kind of Dan's dealy. Hi. For Tom. the uninitiated at home, what does RPG stand for? RPG stands for role playing game. Mm. And I mean... As human beings, we've been pretending out scenarios for like all of forever. Oh, I know what role play is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tom, no, that's, got a role play. It's bedroom a is different. Um, but yeah, so the the role playing game when you say RPGs and you're talking about tabletop, generally you think of like Dungeons and Dragons or rocket that's, propelled or, grenades or rocket <laughs> propelled grenades. You're right. You're right. Was that a wicked? Duke, Duke, that's yeah. what I thought RPG. it was for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah not quite. Um, but, but doing a little history into this, um, what, what surprised me was the thing that they brought up was Commedia dell'arte. Mm, um, I can see that. Because it's stock situations, stock characters, and improvised dialogue. Mm, and mm. that is pretty much the whole basis for playing a tabletop game. Fuck yeah. Um, but it, it, so the history up to now, and this, I'm going to keep this as brief as possible, Two is seconds. that it started with, <laughs> and I'm done. <laughs> uh, it started with war games. So in movies, you always see like the generals standing over a thing with little miniatures and they're moving them around being like, oh, if we come in from the West. I love that movie. Started with there. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, it, it was popularized into an actual like game that they sold to the public. Um, and then slowly but surely, it turned into less about the armies and more about individual heroes. So it, it, it like narrowed its, its, its vision to individual characters. So before with the war games, you would have a referee to, you know, keep everybody in check with the rules and everything. So that's what the dungeon master is or the, the GM game master. Um, shout out to them. Shout out to them. <laughs> so, so for RPGs, you would have your armies, stats and everything. So with, um, playing for a single character, you have your character sheet. So you roll that at the very beginning of the game, and that's what you base all of your stories off of. So it's your your stock character and your um, situation, and then you go experience it uh, with improvised dialogue. And your game master is the one that's kind of leading you through this. Rather than being a referee, they are your guide throughout the story. And Sometimes they're the referee. Sometimes they're the referee. Sometimes. Sometimes they're still <laughs> they the referee. They make between Star Trek and Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, but yeah, so so that got really, really popular. And actually, that's that's how we have our modern RPGs like Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest and all of those games because they translated it over to computers. Um, but we're sticking to tabletop today. 
it's funny when you said like they sp- they stick on to specific heroes, and then when you said video games, it literally just shined a light of like how most Japanese war games I've ever played, there's always the hero Nobunaga, and I'm just like, dude, everyone's on this guy's nuts. I don't know why, but I guess, you know, that's the RPG thing. There's like, there's this one hero. It's, it's like, oh, it's our Hercules. Mm-hmm. It's like, we got to have him. It's like, all right, we get it. It's our yeah. paladin. Yeah. It's the commanding, the commanding force that goes and saves everything. There's always an Obunaga, I'm telling you. Any always. Type of Japanese always. fantasy. Games, I know those. that name only because of, of that fact. I'm telling you. At the end of the day, it's the hero's journey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It sense. is. I mean, that's. I mean, even for the, for the JRP, for the Japanese role-playing games, that like video games, they were. When they turned them into games that you could play, they had to figure out how to take all these character sheets and rolling dice and everything else into pressing a button. <laughs> you get loot now. Like, yeah. it was it was a long R&G-bus. progression. Orange Jesus. Uh, mm-hmm. From from uh, paper and pencil to press button and thing happen. Yeah. Um, but we're sticking to tabletop, and there are a Tableau. lot of different types of role playing games for tabletop. Intensive, light, medium. You well, you can do like a single one-off story where you're just gonna play for like maybe a couple hours. You have long-standing campaigns. Some people I know have been playing a game for ten years. Yeah, there um, was a video that wow. I saw of a guy that's has basically a D and D game that is just still going, and it's been going for years and years and mm-hmm. years. And sometimes people call in. It's the same game. It just changes like location or. The scenario, but it's the same game. Yeah. Uh, and it's crazy. Every, when I was in high school, one of my friends, shout out to Charlie, he listens. Shout out. Um, he's also a heroic animist. He watches us on Twitch. Oh, okay. Oh, um, hey. He literally, since I w- I've known him freshman year of high school, he's like, I can't hang out on Sundays. I'm like, why? He's like, we're playing D&D. And he'd be like ashamed of it at first because he was a fucking nerd. And we were in high school and we liked girls and we were like, ah. But then later on when we like just realized like fucking being nerds When you awesome. became enlightened. Well, it's like being nerd is <laughs> awesome, and that's gonna like get us our careers and shit. Like by the time we get to college, like, nah, I got Sundays. I gotta go kill some dragons. I'm like, okay, you do your thing, bro. But then every once in a while, I'm like, can you fucking not kill dragons this week? Can you hang out with the bros? And he's like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go kill some dragons. It's like I gotta no, work bro. on my new character. Dedicated for like ten years, I've known him. He's like Sundays D and D with his family. I'm like, you know what? If it brings a family together, oh, it's his family. It's his fam. That and they would awesome. like Whoa. they would like give him drinks and shit like that. I'm like, that's what's up. You know, my parents would beat the shit out of me if I saw me drinking, but you know. <laughs> wow. I'm just jealous of a recurring schedule like that. It's like Sunday. And it's an all day thing. It's like you can't you can't ask him to do shit. That I've wow. sadly never been a part of a, a game that I got to see the ending. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> yeah. sadly. We I have just, in the smaller campaigns. In the smaller campaigns, but it's I like guess it's insignificant being a part of the like, tabletop version. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. I wouldn't call that really. That's light. Yeah, this light. light. Oh, count. it's light. like super light. Yeah. Super Regardless, light. it happened. <laughs> it's true. It did happen. Irregardless. Irregardless. Wow. <laughs> um, no, I've had, like in high school, I was a part of like it. It lasted for a few months, but it, it never got to like it was ending. It just thing. unfortunately disbanded. Dis- yeah, disbanded. And then I was a part of one the a couple of years ago. Fallen. And that disbanded. And it's like, yeah. I never. I never see the end. I want to see the end. That's not dissimilar from my uh, experience. Yeah, yeah, let's go through first, uh, like first and all role playing game experience. So Ali, please continue. Uh, me, it was. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes wow. Ali. My name is Ali, and I play RPGs. Hi, yes. Ali. Uh, and uh, um, 
I played, what did we play? It was like the starter pack for D&D. Nice. Uh, we got together. I became the GM. Nice. Never, ha- oh, wow. not having an ounce of clue of what oh. that meant. Oh. Um, so oh, it was no. my, it Here, was my. Take all this responsibility. Yeah. They're there like, here's go. this book that came in this kit. Take it home and, and read it all. I'm like, and uh, memorize it. And memorize it. And, do I have uh, to? <laughs> right. Wow. Uh, I don't no. play <laughs> Well, Dang. yeah, I went and like, I, I read it or read like most of it or the parts I that I feel were like important. that's when somebody wants to play tag and they're like, but you get to be it first. Yeah. I don't want to be I it. Bet I don't want to well, be I'm it. fastest one, so that's okay. <laughs> uh, watch some YouTube videos and, but still like struggled through it. We, well, we only met, we only met like two or three times and got nowhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that sounds right. Out of the tavern. You I was, <laughs> yeah. Well, it didn't help that uh, we had um, s- some people that I won't say their names oh. that were not taking it like seriously and not, not to be like, shout out to your not, bad friends. Not that like <laughs> you have to be a stick in the mud and like take it super seriously and not have fun. But like, there's a degree of like, Okay, participate Dedication. in the role-playing yeah. aspects of this, please. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, and don't just say that I'm going to hang back here and, and get high. You guys go take out the cave. I'm just going to Unless it's here. for a character development like point. We, like, we ended up having to force it in that direction because that's the best we could do, but it wasn't a very pretty... It wasn't the best first experience as a dungeon master, not knowing, <laughs> not knowing what to do, and then having someone doing everything wrong to not help you learn it. Yeah. You oh, know? my God. <laughs> But that was a that was an isolated experience. But and that yeah. was it. That's all, that's, <laughs> that's all my the only experience. experience. You had? Yeah, Aww. aside from like Munchkin, if that counts, or oh, that, definitely, that's a good. It, yeah, it does. That was a good. Uh, yeah, intro. so it like, counts, Josh. And then I guess I should mention that I also I did not say anything. <laughs> I should mention that I also invented one. I was gonna I say that counts. You developed a game, <laughs> yeah, my friend. We developed uh, and mass produced and published a game called Destin Legends. Uh, Dan is like, hmm. You can check it out at destinlegends.com. <laughs> Shameless plug. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the it's it's a card based game, but it's kind of, we called it an RPG in the box. RPG in a box. That was our tagline for it. And you have a party of heroes, you fight creatures, you level up, and then you have to kind of skirmish and you get better weapons, stuff like that. So it was very much an RPG. He keeps telling us this, but we never get to stream it. So nope. I'm very unhappy. Cool. Thanks for douche. that, man. Thanks for that, Ollie. Douche and douche. It has opportunities to be better. Yeah. But uh, it was fun to work on. Nice. It was like a co- couple years of just uh, getting new ones printed at like the Kinkos and building decks and then going playing with your friends and being like, hey, tell me what's wrong with this. Are you having fun? So it was cool. That's awesome. Uh, pour moi. Uh, I think the – I'm munching first. Munching was like my first ever one. But like yeah. my first like actual experience of like going in character sheet. Like luckily, you know, I got into it when I was like in like a couple years ago. So it was like I got an app. We had Dropbox, so it was like, cool, we could share our files, we could figure all this shit out. But the whole setup took like four hours, and I was just like, we haven't even started playing the game yet. Yeah. And like the I first was, meeting is important. And so, but, I mean, so I was, problem, this but. is my same group of friends from back home, which we would play like a game of Risk. It would take like eight hours, but we'd get it all done in one day. Right. Or we'd play like uh, Quest over Camelot, or Shadows over Camelot, or we'd play any other longer game. And this was like okay, we're about to get into it. And I was like, I'm about to go into this deeper level of this board game life that I've never gone into. I, I get like, it, though. I if, like, you, if you're trying to get people in, you got to hook them in with something exciting. But, I, I mean, t- but, okay. So that could be a challenge. Shout out to Charlie, to his defense. He also 
brought us into like we were. Just, he, he thought we were gonna start playing at like six p.m. We didn't open the box until like two a.m. Oh, so wow. like, oh, we're no. like getting into it, and like wow. everyone's like, we've been drinking all night, and we're like just tr- literally staying up just for the willpower of like, I want to play. And so <laughs> oh, when we no. go into it, and we're playing it, and it lasted like the the game lasted like maybe four hours, but like. We spawned in a tavern because, you know, we're all drunken idiots and shit like that. And then, like, I was in the, in the sense of, like, what what does roll for perception mean? Why do I, why must I roll? And then, like, we finally get out. And then uh, they're, like, and then, you know, my friend was being the DM. And he was, like, and then you hear a howling coming towards you. He's, like, go back in the, go back in the tavern. Go back. Go back. And he's, like, <laughs> he's, like, no, he's, like, no, that's not how you play. And I was, like, round. what do you mean? It's not base. <laughs> I was, like, what do you mean? That's not how you play. And I got so frustrated. I was, like, think logically. I am the oxen free. Oh, yeah, oxen free. I was, like, to your credit, though, I feel like, and that that's the one thing I picked up was that the DM should adapt to the players. Like, I think Uh-oh. that's, I think that was a totally fine move. Oh, no, no, no. What ended up happening is, like, He's like, fine, roll for it. And then he's like, a fog covered everything up. You can't find yourself. You can't find the So everything again? disappeared. And I was wow. like, what the fuck? He's like, the howling gets closer. I was like, oh, I was like, I don't like this. And You're so, at the mercy of your GM. Fucking, it's like 3 a.m. I'm drunk as shit. And I'm just like, what is happening in my life? <laughs> and then every every moment, my friend, my friend who actually played, his name's Gabe. It's like, roll for perception. Roll for perception. I'm like, what? What does this mean? And so, like, I'm having this panic attack. I was like, what's happening to my character? Is, is he going crazy? Is, is there insanity going on? Roll so, for sanity. <laughs> so, uh, uh, for everyone at home who's never played it, it could be quite fun if you just throw yourself into it, especially on, like, a good night that you, like, end up playing games and it's something that you want to go into. Like, Munchkin's a really good, like, way to start getting into it. Obviously, that's what it's meant for, but RPGs mm-hmm. are great. Yeah. Dan? So, I only started playing the pen and pencil or no that's not right pen and pencil yeah. no pen and paper, pen and paper <laughs> games uh about you two and a half six. two and a half years ago okay. um i had sort of like reintroduced board game nights amongst my group of friends oh, so and i was and, and like for years people were like oh do you play dungeons and dragons and i was like no I've, it's like kind of that nerdy line i dare not cross they're like <laughs> you're a, such a nerd you're a former you. theater yeah. kid it's like it couldn't be right like up a your better alley. overlap yeah yeah that was kind of my thing for whatever reason yeah. yeah so i know um but like i started reading like about it and i was <laughs> i hate to use this term but i love it but i was definitely die curious <laughs> uh, <laughs> hashtag that's perfect <laughs> Wow. <laughs> and then so I had reached out to some friends and a friend of theirs was basically a professional DM and did like a, a small game that it was chaos, but I understood what was going on. And so from there, I kind of like the ball kept rolling and it was just a <laughs> deep dive, like nonstop ever since then. Some more. Yeah, exactly. Some more. Um, to the point where... Uh, I don't have an ongoing D&D game because that fell apart because apparently that's just what happens. Um, <laughs> it's but the way of the world, of all, yeah. 50% of all D&D marriages end up <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, but I have my two games that are being broadcast. But then on top of that, um, I'm also running a homebrew uh, campaign of Starfinder, nice. which I've actually been meeting about once a month uh, oh. for since the game came out in... August of 2017. So it's still, Oh wow. Yeah. I think we're going to have our 16th session soon. Um, and it's great because I am just throwing everything at 
my players because nice. it's sci-fi and fantasy, and yeah. this is just I have opened Pandora's box to the inner workings of my brain. Nice. Oh, and if you if you have any interest in hearing about that, because I won't go into it, I've uh, I, I guessed it on another podcast that specifically talks about Starfinder called Cosmic Crit, nice. and I've I've. I've, I've been a guest twice, so if you want to hear about my ongoing campaign, oh. you can uh, listen there. But um, I've also been trying to uh, trick my friends who don't play <laughs> oh, role-playing games bamboozle. into playing it. Um, so I've got a group uh, of local friends who I've been running Monster of the Week uh, for them because um, I could sell it a lot easier than yeah. D&D, where it's like, okay, uh, you guys are all going to be high schoolers in the late 90s, and it's like uh, Buffy and Scooby-Doo yeah, and nice. Supernatural. It, yeah. So, like, for my birthday this year, the, all I wanted to do was, like, play part two of a three-part campaign that I had worked on. Oh, so nice. he did that, and it was great. Nice. Uh, and then, additionally, um, I last year, around Christmas, I went back east to visit my friends, and I said, guys, I want to run Dungeons & Dragons for you. None of them had ever played, and they were all terrified. I'm like, no, no, no. I promise you we're going to have fun. Like, I don't know if you're going to like the game, but we're going to have fun. So we uh, just, I, you know, I, I made characters with and for everyone, um, just did the starter box, and um, and we played, and it was great. And I jokingly said at the end of the session, all right, we'll pick this up same time <laughs> next year. And we did oh, this year. Nice. Yes. Oh, wow. And granted, so they, they had completely forgotten who they were, like what even their character doing, names. Yeah. But then once we started going, they're like, oh yeah, I remember this. So now we have, uh, it, it, I guess it's an annual tradition at That's this point. Awesome. That's um, will be the game that goes on forever. Oh yeah, they they leveled up to level two near the end of that session. Nice. Wow. So, you know, they're not even out of the starter town no. yet. <laughs> That's awesome though. But yeah, I got him. <laughs> I got him. I got you guys. Nerds win again. Over there, going excellent. <laughs> the plan is working. Well, it also helped that like I bought them each dice sets and oh. like I actually painted yeah, minis. You did, you did, yeah. I painted minis for them Butter this year because I knew who their characters were. So you know, I, oh, I custom man. configured. I custom made minis for my friends too. Wow, nice. Fucking nerds. My real friends, not you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking nerds. Um, Joshy Josh. I so. When it comes to uh, pencil and paper RPGs, my first foray was D&D in, like, junior high, high school. Nerd! I know. <laughs> and I was, a cool. choir, I was a choir boy. Yeah, and you were I was cool theater. theater. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was a theater, <laughs> I was a theater kid. Um, yeah. So you, had no, you had no hope. Cool was oozing was, out of you. <laughs> I was going home from high school and playing... Final Fantasy on my place. Anyway. Um, wow. Okay, so my friend's dad, uh, Mark, he just was Shout like, to Mark. we're going to play. Okay. And we got into it, and we, and it was probably because we lived so close, we would just play every week or something like that. I don't mm. remember, but it just, it was, it dwindled. It, mm. and we were going into high school, and it's like, you got extracurricular activities, and you got stuff and things Dating, i'm just yeah. picturing the weirdest american pie like. reboot right now it's like uh, before graduation we are all gonna hit level 12 <laughs> nice oh my god i want to see that movie that american awesome. die oh, oh perfect tom write it Boom. tom write it i want that right now from the studio that brought to you fanboys yeah. <laughs> oh Wow, right. there's so many. I got it. Yeah, okay, sorry, um, we'll sign on that another day. And then after Tom writes it, 
Tabletop RPG did not show up in my life until like a couple of years ago. I had a friend um, that was like, "Hey, do you want to join a, a a group with me? I want to I want to DM." Uh, he has a friend that's a this does exist, like because you said a professional DM, mm-hmm. and he's kind of given me the the layout. And I'm gonna DM it, and I'd love you for you to be a part of it. And it was the thing about RPGs is like, and especially like when you have those booklets, like yeah, D and D, like. We can mm-hmm. fill this whole room, like all the with walls the with books, books <laughs> and and whatnot. But there's other companies that create rule books, and we were doing the Savage Worlds, mm-hmm. um, and it was Dave Beyond was the like, Mountains. I know them all. Uh, Beyond the Mountains of Madness, um, which is H.P. Lovecraft. We I were love. doing a campaign based on that, uh, Call of Cthulhu, and I love. it was it was awesome, but it dwindled died for, off. It well. died off. So, um, but. Yeah, it's it's really cool. I I had a great time. Most most RPGs don't have a series finale. They just get canceled. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's true though. It is. But they it won't have true. like a movie that comes out years later no. for fandom. Okay. No. Sorry Firefly. No. <laughs> no. Or <laughs> name of the episode, Sorry Firefly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Poor baby. <laughs> oh man. So for me, I think I started in high school. Um, oh man, was I already LARPing then? Because you're, you're taking a step backward. Then well, I was gonna say like, yeah, you skipped the step. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I used to do live you're action like, role Fuck play. That. I'm gonna go do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> Why talk about it? Cute piece of paper with a dagger. I've got two real ones. Oh my god, well, made out of foam and PVC. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think I did do maybe one session. Like, I, I was just, like, an insert character for a pre-existing game that had gone on for a long time. Guest appearance. Uh, yeah, it was a guest appearance. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was, like, high school, maybe early college. But, um, yeah, so I'd only done, like, that game, and then I had done a Star Trek one that was, like, it was another guest appearance. Wow. Um, while I was visiting a friend's house uh, in Georgia. And they made it a very immersive experience. Like, they turned on the 10 hours of... The Star Trek ship sound also, that happens. Also, there was some ambiance. Yeah, there was some ambiance. He was wearing like a Star Trek robe, nice. and someone had a shirt, and they had like the pins and stuff. Fuck yeah! So they mm-hmm. were like trying to really like get into character, and that was my first taste of it being more real. And then, in what are you I talking think, about? It is real. Oh, <laughs> you're right. I'm sorry. Uh, right. Jesus. Caitlin. In <laughs> in 2013, when I first came out to California. Um, my friends were running a game. Uh, shout out to KG Tang. He shout out to was our he was our DM, and um, he made a wholly immersive experience. I think he actually just DM'd. He was doing like Twitch streams oh, for right. Dungeons yeah. and Dragons. Called so he was running a show called Dark and Dicey. Mm. Um, nice. But he's real good. He was like pre-recording. Um, messages from enemies and having different people record them. So it just wasn't just like one stock voice. Mm. Our, our different enemies had different voices. And every nice. time you said something, they would like respond to you. And they had character specific messages too. Wow. Call up Joe Maganello, man. Jesus. I, I know. he. Oh, I did amazing. that a little bit where like I would do different voices for the different enemies that I was DMing in, in our session. Oh. That should always be happening i feel oh, yeah. I think you only have one from now on that's how you do that's how you that's how you have to play forever i i definitely do some voices but it's like if i'm tired because usually it's a weekday when i'm running mm. it i'm just like 
Okay, this person says this, but I try not to do that as best <laughs> yeah. as possible. Well, of course, you want to make it. You want to make it the experience. Although we did get to finish our campaign. All right, we don't fought, brag. God, <laughs> must be nice. I am. Must be nice. Uh, we fought like Slenderman, basically. Wow. And because I am a dumb little cinnamon roll. And I say this in the most affectionate way. But I really way. like cinnamon rolls. Did you I go can. try to hug him or something? I tried to talk to him. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Nut Nut? I don't know. I figured, you know, maybe you just try. I was like, why don't you roll for perception? Talking to him. And KG literally stops and goes, Are you serious? I mean, are you sure? And I was like, Yeah. She was like, well, you, you take damage. <laughs> <laughs> like a lot of damage. Yeah. Um, the thing yeah. about like with RPGs is it's really, it's, it's, Explosive. it's very like improv where it's like you, the mm -hmm. first rule of improv is yes. And mm -hmm. yeah. you're not like, no, you can't. Do it. It's like, okay, well, this is what you do. <laughs> I, I, I got to showcase that to my friends last year during our first session when one of my players, um, was going to shoot an arrow through um, a big bonfire because he thought it looked cool. Oh, yeah. And I said, okay, cool. Um, the arrow now has fire damage on top of it as well. He goes, wait, really? I said, well, you just shot a wooden arrow through, through fire. fire. Yeah. It's going to catch on fire. He goes, I love this game. Can like, he was in, like <laughs> that was the moment. Nice. <laughs> yep. Wow. I'm not like, I, because some people are like, some people get really into it. I'm really into it. And I think it's really I'm cool, but. Like what you were saying, it's like, okay, maybe it's a Tuesday night and I'm <laughs> I'm kind of tired. I don't you don't said, have Tuesday night, to get definitely into it. check out Starfinder Deepwater Deep. That was <laughs> a challenge. Cause um, like I really want to do like a like a full on RPG yeah. thing, campaign. And the one that I was doing, nobody had played before. I don't know if I left that out of the story. Oh, oh nobody yeah, yeah, had yeah. experience. And so it was like they weren't Especially being, you. <laughs> especially me but like they weren't being like creative like they weren't throwing me any bones to right. work oh. off of they're like I guess I damage him I'm like alright let me see okay so he bounces off of a wall so I like had to make it creative kind of but it, yeah in a way like tabletop RPG is kind of like traditional sports I feel like you kind of have to ha play with somebody that's done it so that yeah. you get a better experience sometimes yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, a, I'm a pretty good baseball coach, so yeah. I mean, I could teach anyone to exactly. roll some dice. Unless they're all plastered, then you can have fun either way. Yeah, yeah I feel like it's it's a it's a big plate, you know, to carry of just like I don't it know is. anything, they don't know anything. I'd say at the very least, you just need a uh, an experienced DM because yeah, an experienced and then DM that yeah. can hold it together. Mm -hmm. So imagination is a muscle; you must work it. It's yes. true. It is. Work it, girl. I, I also really, if I had like. The means would like I've already told people like I've designed my game room like I want mm. like the Philips Hue lights that change I want yep. you know remote control uh, for the thermostat so I can make it like A sixty one degrees yeah I should just, change the lights in here right now <laughs> yeah exactly because as great as the theater of the mind can be like oh, yeah. having to that have extra step yeah it's like you can't help but be fully immersed in character like even if you're still flipping through your character sheet to see like what abilities you have mm -hmm. it's like i'm here like i hear water dripping yeah. in this dungeon like i i yeah again, there again even, means if i had the means oh i'd blow that I've, there are even <laughs> candles too yeah that Ooh, uh, there's change. a company that's um cantrip i think um but they basically make the smell of mm -hmm. like a pub 
a forest. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, you know, Dragon's they, Keep. Dragon's Keep. Like, it, and you smell them, and you're like, "Holy shit!" Like, this, this is uh, stable. That, oh god, it's actually <laughs> in, a, in a side tangent. Uh, playing the game One Night Ultimate Werewolf, where it's like a mafia-based game. Like, you can use an app, and it has like music and stuff like that. But for me, every time I play, I have to turn off all the lights. Then light up a bunch of candles around us because it's, like, it's romantic. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that, I want to. I don't want to swoon with a bunch like of my D&D. guy friends. <laughs> but yeah, and it's it's that kind of stuff where it's like now we're here. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Well, like I've I've always wanted to do like a um like a Star Trek role playing. Yeah. So like I feel like that would be really fun. So a bunch of HMIs but, behind us and there's just lens flare everywhere. Exactly. <laughs> lens flares. It's like imagine if you had lens flares in real life. Okay. okay. <laughs> no, but to have like like your lights here, you have red lights here for our recording session. If they were to like go off during like a red alert, mm. yeah. like, that would be really epic. He was getting more into like a lot more Letting automation in terms of like what you can do with it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cool. There's a thing with Alexa. You could say like intruder alert, and then like like put all the volume to a hundred, and then like flash <laughs> yeah. lights. Oh man. So there's a lot yeah. of stuff you can do. Oh my god. Okay. You can, you can wanna... change it to computer, so you could be like computer I, status report. My Alexa is actually oh. computer. I totally want to know if you had time to learn everything, would you rather be a DM or a player or GM? I think uh, I think I would rather be a player, because for a while, for a long while, because I haven't gotten really to experience that. Yeah, I haven't gotten to experience that. It seems really fun. I think I would have fun coming up with like creative solutions, having fun with the dialogue with the other players. So I, I, I feel like I would want to be a player, at least at the beginning. Just because I went to school for writing and directing, and like if I knew where the campaign is supposed to go, I would probably want to GM or DM. Just because I'm like, I want to create the the narrative. I want to create the conflicts and the drama and all that shit. But also, like, I want to test the metal of my heroes and be yeah. like, let's see if we get through this and all that stuff. But then it's also kind of like, ah, let's just throw us to a plot device here. It's like let's throw this weird line and all that. But again, this is saying I've never DM'd or GM'd before. But so mm. thinking of it in that sense of like creating the story and then leading my friends, hopefully they're friends at the end of the day, <laughs> um, through this crucible. Good luck. But it's kind of like I, I love putting people in situations where like A or B, and then if they find a C, that's even better. Mm. I'd be the player constantly trying to find the C and yeah. the D and the E. So yeah. you might not want to play with me <laughs> <laughs> well, because I don't do that to mess with whoever's running the game. It's just like, yeah, I could attack, but you know, like as much as I love huge video games and stuff like that, like you are still constrained by what the game can do Mm -hmm. and it's so it's like if i just want to like kill stuff i'll play skyrim but if i want to like try to you know ride on the back of an owlbear you know (laughs) through town i need a tabletop game for that because (laughs) they don't program that kind of stuff necessarily there was something when i was reading up about japanese role-playing games like video games that um one of the creators was saying that we want the video game to feel like you're driving a car. You're not necessarily focused on the car. You're just focused on driving it and the experience of driving it. So that's, I think, what you're kind of talking about is, like, you're just supposed to drive the car. But, like, what if you want to surf on top of the car? Yeah. You're or not supposed go to do off that. the road. Yeah, off the road. Sorry, yeah. Or go but, in reverse. Yeah. Or that. Yeah. But, yeah. So or I, light I think the car on fire. If you want to. <laughs> roll for the <laughs> So, Roll for gasoline. So Dan, are you are you more for GM or are you more for player? It's a really hard question. I know I, that's why I asked. I it. know. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you ask Just the hard hitting question? Um, 
think I want to go. I want to say player, but I think my ego is going to force me to say GM because okay. I do like having the control of the narrative and, you know, not control, but like, you know, crafting control. the narrative. And it's like, mm -hmm. yes, you know, I'm trying to guide the players towards a story, but it's like, I also really like when they throw me a curve and it's just like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> like I, during my last game, um, my players uh, found themselves transported to, um, a dungeon in the fairy plane and they immediately encountered uh, a guard and rolled really well to persuade them. So I had a giant map printed out at Staples and I said, okay, he takes you to the throne room and we just skipped the whole map. They're like, <gasps> wow. my players are like, oh my God, you did all this work. I said, yeah, but you rolled really well on your diplomacy check. So I'll use the map again. So yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I've Our session ended well, a little early. That's 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 a little early. It's like the GM is in control, quote unquote, but you're really, it's really the player's story. Yeah. Like, yeah, you might have your big main arc, but it doesn't really sometimes matter. Sometimes the die, the die do decide it. Like I've played games where it had this big conflict plan. The GM was like, okay, guys, you, people might die today and all that kind of stuff. Because Savage Worlds is a little bit savage. Wow. And, huh. uh, savage. Right? Right? Um, it is though <laughs> it, it's pretty savage like you, you're gonna get fucked up um, and we had these it happened so many times where it was this big thing that was gonna happen and it's like okay roll for this or whatever and it's like you killed it <laughs> in one shot you lived <laughs> fuck <laughs> I had this whole thing planned. But then the monster's twin brother. <laughs> his stats are very similar. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, you're still alive. Or bigger monster. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Now, this is the mother. Yeah. It's always a bigger fish. Yeah. So um, Josh, GM or player? I would want to try both. C. You that's, pick C. That's I not the C. answer. <laughs> I, look, I was we forced gave to an answer. A or a B and All you pick above. C. Yeah, all of the above. I'd want to try both because I've been a player. I haven't been a GM, a DM. What fascinates you more? Which role? Being they part of the do. journey or deciding the journey yeah. or being a part of the journey? Right, yeah. so, okay, so if we're going to play one right now, what are you going to be? I'll play. I'll be a player. There it is. Right. I was going to say pick a class, player or a GM. And you, have to <laughs> and you cannot multi-class. Uh, multi how about you, Caitlin? What, uh, as Marie Kondo would say, Does it spark uh, what, what sparks, sparks joy. Uh, and do you want um, to take it with you to the future? <laughs> and do I want to take it with me into the future? Uh, I enjoy being a player more. Um, I definitely want to try my hand at being a GM because I have some kind of, I got some stories cooked up. But, and I, I'm all about the ambiance and the immersive aspect. Um, but there are a lot of rules and I think I would struggle at remembering all of them. There are a lot That's of why rules. you have to have a player who's a rules lawyer, and that way you <laughs> yeah, can sure. just look to them and the rules Nazi. You. The when rules like, Nazi. You just share a look. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We kind of did a little bit of it, but I do want to see if anyone wants to share like their favorite moments or if they have any like outstanding moments of like, oh my god, this is it. Like the bow and the fire, like with, with your friend. Uh, I, if I could start first, it was in that same game I was telling you about that started at like two a.m. It was like later on after we found our way outside of the town, outside of the fog. And we were, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to go. I'm going to be the guy in the back, but I'm just going to go because like I obviously don't know what I'm doing. And then finally we get to another town 
And then we have to go into this other guy, this one man's house to like figure out where all the power's gone because all the power in the, in the city's out. And one of my friends, he's like, he's really drunk at this point. He's like, you know what? I'm just going to try to beat this game, plow through. It's like, I don't know. I don't think he's going to, I don't think Charlie's going to reward us that way. <laughs> and then I don't think it works that way, dude. Because <laughs> now I'm just like, I'm and now I'm scared. Now I don't want to do anything. And then he's like, opens the door and it's an old man. And he's like, roll to hit him. I was like, why would you hit an old man? He hasn't done anything to us. And then he's like, he dodges, but his son comes out and it's like, son is like, Two like like four levels above us, like oh. way high strength, <laughs> and it's like, and then he's like, we're gonna roll to see how strong he's like. Oh well, he's he's like nine times stronger than you. Oh no! <laughs> it's like how old is his child? And then we rolled for it, and it was like six years old. Oh my like, god! Oh my god! We're, we're getting beaten up by a like overgrown child. <laughs> <laughs> so our entire team gets knocked out like right then and there. And I was like, wow. why did we child. just ask the old man? That's why. That's why he doesn't like kids. I mean, oh, enough. that's it. This is the origin story of Tom hating children. There it is. Uh, wow. But I was just like, God damn. It was really sad because I, I think it ended the campaign for us, but it was just like, well. Because yeah, y'all died from a six-year-old. Because someone just Leroy Jenkins the shit out of everything. And I, was like, <laughs> I guess God that's damn. the opposite of a blaze of glory. <laughs> Seriously, I was like, oh my God. But I was like, man, I want to play again now with actual, you know, actual intention to like go through and, and be cunning about it. Yeah. That was like my favorite moment. Anyone I else? I don't have one, sadly. Not yet. Not yet. I mean, I, I do remember uh, it's the same. It's the, the one that I was talking about. It, it is probably my favorite moment where we were going. There were these like henchmen that we were trying to steal this manuscript of this book. And we were in this old warehouse and there were a bunch of them. And there were. it just worked out that only two of us went. And it's like, you know, he does that thing. So only two of you are going to go? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Wait. More people come. Mean? More people come, please. Doors closing. And so we go, and we go to this warehouse, and I think I'm, like, hiding up top, and the other one's, like, going to go and talk to him or whatever. And we get through it, and just our roles were so high. And he was like, you survived. <laughs> you survived. With, you didn't take any damage. Great. Wow. <laughs> and there were like two of us. Like, and it just it worked. Like sometimes your roles are just, just like. I just picture the the GM being like, "You survive," and you and your friend both putting your arms up and going, "Yay!" <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that was just kind of. He was just so like disappointed, like. <laughs> All right. So you causing day, someone else disappointment is your favorite moment. Okay, cool. Yeah. And yeah. that's when well. you decided you should always split the party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's never backfired. Yeah. Never. Every never. horror movie ever. <laughs> Dan? Um, you know, I, I was just like trying to sift through yeah, like a them. lot of them. Like <laughs> even though I haven't been playing that long, like there's just been a lot. But I think the standout moment was probably probably uh at the end of my first session running my home game of starfinder because mm. it was uh not only a brand new game but it was also the first time i ever gm so like i oh wow had done like a crazy amount of prep without knowing who my players were going to who their characters were going to be yet so i just designed basically an all-encompassing scenario um where they were on like a luxury liner ship that was going down and they had to get across oh. the ship to the escape pods. And, you know, it was good. It was a good way to like introduce some of like the beginning of the rules and stuff like that. Um, but uh, their 
they they made it to the escape pods uh, because it was designed that they were you know they were going to survive this. I had a backup in case I killed everyone you know oh. accidentally <laughs> on the first. Uh, oops. Thing. Yeah. Oh, that's what the name of the word file was. It was called oops. Um, so they they get to the escape pods and as they're uh, you know flying away from the ship, they see that the ship is being attacked by basically like the equivalent of a giant space whale with these like monstrous tentacles. And uh, the escape pod gets hit by one of them and they're careening out of control. So the NPC on board activates the uh, emergency cryo features and they wake up um, crash landed on a planet. And, uh, you know, the, I I said, who has the lowest constitution modifier and Mm -hmm. whoever it was, I'm like, you're the last one to wake up. And so they, the NPC was like, check the data. We're three solar systems off course. Wow. And two years have passed. And that was the end of the first session. And, 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 and my players were like, what? And I was like, I felt so satisfied. I was like, Next time. Yeah. I was like, I was like, it had to be just something that was going to like, that's dope. Fit whatever the characters were. And it was like, I think I hooked them like at the end of our, session zero prologue (laughs) i I am for kind of like big cinematic yeah stuff like that while keeping it yeah yeah. it's like the basis of storytelling so yeah yeah that's awesome the first time i i made it through my first gm session i think is my story nice and they left you went oh god (laughs) thankfully i did it yes i mean yes thankfully i had sort of like mapped out the first planet like yeah uh, story-wise um which was great because um, I didn't know how long anything was going to take. But I was like, all right, I made it through this first one. We got this. <laughs> <laughs> Smooth sailing from here. We can do it. Caitlin? Oh, boy. I think what hooked me, because the first time I played, I was playing with people that were like kind of drunk, kind of high, weren't super into it. Um, oh, yeah, I was part of another another thing that went for a couple sessions and then just, just banded because it wasn't. It got canceled. Gelling. Yeah, it got canceled. Yeah. That's probably the same one Josh was in. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was the same one. I think it was the one-off Star Trek session that that really hooked me because I realized what it could be. Mm. I realized how immersive it could be and how much, like, when people actually fully dove into it, like, and the whole table's into it, there's yeah. just, like, that buzz going that, like, it's the same kind of feeling, kind of, of playing a video game but that you're really in it. And and that was what I think really got me. And it's funny that the immersiveness of that was just people pretending and a YouTube video that played on loop for 10 hours. <laughs> nice. But that was enough. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I have one last question for Mr. Dan. Oh, that's me. Uh, your character, Travis. Yes. It's from 1998. Yes. He uh, is in the Doctor Who game. Um, he has a Game Boy. Yes, he does. And he has Pokemon Blue. Yes. But what was his starter? Oh, <gasps> God, what a great question. Wow. Uh, okay, I'm just going gut instinct and going Squirtle. Okay. Good choice. Okay. Wow. <laughs> okay. I was like, Blue, he's probably going to pick Squirtle. But yeah, I, like, I mean, just gut instinct. Like, I mean, I mean, Charmander is like my favorite of them. But I mean, you know, Squirtle, he's... This wow. was Squirtle's this was Tom people. being the GM setting up this like big question, and then you just like nailing it down immediately. Sorry, him no, going. That's no, oh. totally fine. Tell me to waffle for ten minutes <laughs> no, or so. No, no, no. <laughs> oh Major man! Um, in the Game Boy, preference color? Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> pocket blue. Okay. Because I had slash have one, and I don't know where it is. 
So I ordered a new one. My sister has <laughs> one. Wow. So I now have I now have Travis's Game Boy in my possession. That's I do not have a copy of Pokemon just yet. Just yet. 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 <laughs> he said with a raised eyebrow. <laughs> <laughs> so immersed. Um uh, I want to ask one more question. Okay. One more? How many yeah. one more are we? And it do? needs to be like a just a quick like what genre it would be. Mm-hmm. Or like a type of what it would be. Oh. If you could create your own RPG. Yeah. Profitable. Profitable. <laughs> that's, that's my, that's the category I, I appreciate choose. that. We could potentially box it and sell it. <laughs> right, um, right, right. Print some books of it. What would you do? Ollie, go. Science fiction, far in the future, our own solar system. Okay. Destiny? Okay. There is, a, there, is, <laughs> there is an Expanse uh, RPG coming out very soon that I'm very oh, excited yeah? for. So. There you go. There we go. <laughs> um, no, not Destiny. <laughs> Tom? Uh, Pokemon? Caitlin? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it, it would probably be a superhero thing. Yeah. It you took to. my answer. Sorry. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, okay, if it helps, a DC, a DC thing. Good. Okay, Marvel. Because, <laughs> <laughs> nice. you know, Acrobat is Batman. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think it would be cool to be like a, a lost, mm. kind of like an on an island kind Ooh, of that thing. would be fun. Mm. Kind of an interesting. Yeah. Thing to figure out. Then we get Joe on. Yeah. Megan L. Yeah. We find a hatch. Oh, a hatch. Maybe a smoke dragon. Maybe there'd be no some reason. numbers. Anyway. <laughs> Previously on this question. <laughs> nice. Uh, mine would probably be something to do with like reality jumping because I'm very into that. Oh, so, okay. Like, nice. it jumping would, into a it new would, reality? Huh? Isekai stuff? Like different dimensions? Different dimensions. Speaking English. Yeah. Isekai is a genre. Speak English. Learn it. It's like, it's like haiku. It's a genre. <laughs> <laughs> Learn it. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it, it would probably be like hopping through different realities and different like concepts of reality. Um, so it wouldn't Spider-verse. necessarily be. Yeah, it's kind of Spider Verse. <laughs> yeah, uh, does so, that help? Yeah. It does. Yes. The concept <laughs> of Spider Verse. I can yes, relate to that. That, nice. that would be it for me. Mm. Now I feel complete. I feel complete. I feel complete. Yeah. Well, Dan, what was your answer? Uh, it was kind of a lost. Oh right! Like yeah, um, I heard you island. say that. Sorry. <laughs> Everyone edit this part. Everyone's out. Wolverine. They all have amnesia. Yeah. There's a writer's track halfway through the campaign. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, got it. Um, Dan, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. This was do a blast. You, do you have anything in particular that you want to plug? Uh, yes, I do. This Give is gonna be. This to is just totally shameless. So, uh, like Please. I said before, uh, Tuesday nights, uh, Twitch.tv/officialpizo. Starting 7.30 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. That's Starfinder, Deepwater Deep. Uh, <laughs> then uh, every other uh, Wednesday is new episodes of The Game of Rassilon. Um, available on all services. Um, additionally, if you are going to be in the Los Angeles area and are going to Gallifrey One on uh, Friday, February 15th, 2019, uh, that's when we'll be doing the live Game of Rassilon at 7 p.m. Um, again, it will be the cast of the show, but it will not be, uh, in continuity of the show. So you don't have to have listened to the episodes mm-hmm. beforehand, but we'd love if you did. It's fun. Yeah. Nice. Give we'll link that, context. we'll link that stuff down in our show notes and all that good Link-y stuff links. for people. Um, everybody at home, thank you so much for listening. Um, I know that we talk about Patreon all the time and how it supports our show, but you listening to the show supports our show as well. Those yeah. that... Share the show with your friends, your families, your enemies, however you do it. Like us on um, all the things. Give like us, us review, on the rate. Yeah. Literally every interaction helps. Yeah. So, yeah. And we appreciate the fact that you listen to this episode because mm-hmm. that, that helps. Wherever you're doing it from. 
Um, Slip and slant to our DMs and asking me about comic books. I like that shit. Mm-hmm. If you are new <laughs> to Nerd On, you can, ch- you can check us out on nerdon.tv. That is our website. It has all of the linky links. All the episodes are there. Mm-hmm. All of the all of the stuff is there. One thing that is new is our newsletter. Uh, it goes out once a month. Mm-hmm. And it's, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. What, what did you Sign call up it? now. What did you call it? Uh, well, yeah, we can really reveal that kind of. It's the Nerd on Dispatch. Mm-hmm. That's going to be our monthly. It's a little peek behind uh, what you, you know, people are busy. Life happens, and mm-hmm. you might would like a, a one stop. If you would like a one stop shot, on. yeah, to, to catch up on everything we've done that month, so you can catch up on some content. Last month we did a lot. We did a lot. We delivered had five bonus episodes. Yeah, alone a lot for Patreon. Delivered right to your nice little inbox. Imagine yeah. it like back in the '90s when you had TV guides. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. It's a nerd on TV guy. We should have called it that. We should have probably called it that. We also have another podcast, Trope Time. It is the first Monday of every month, uh, hosted by our friends Izzy and Nikki. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, again, thank you so much, thank everybody you, at home. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much for joining us, taking the time. As always, nerd on. Yeah, you did it. Ooh. I did it. Ending broadcast.